Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the uh, Wapaknaz Sly podcast. There is nothing sly about this podcast, especially since this is unscripted, off the cuff, and done with minimal equipment. We're literally on a computer uh, recording this. However, we need to become, uh, in times like this, uh, we need to become sly, salt, light, and yeast in our communities to make the world uh, make a world of difference for the kingdom of God. My name is Stephen Ambrose, senior pastor here at Wapaknaz. And I'm Matthew Kirkpatrick, the Associate and Youth Pastor here at Wapak Nass. He really doesn't do anything except clean toilets, but um, no, he, he does a lot here. Um, this is actually his computer that we're using. And, uh, you know, often uh, you, you hear either Matthew or myself uh, when we have sermons on Sunday, but quite frankly, those some of those sermons and some of those sermon series, is, uh, series are born out of very ridiculous but very theologically deep in um, biblical conversations that we have in the office. And so um, in this time uh, of crisis in our country, in our nation, in our world, um, we as the church uh, are really trying to rethink um, and uh, become creative. God is, God is a uh, creative God. Um, creation was born out of his imagination um, and uh, spoken from his, his lips. And so uh, he has created us and designed us in such a way to be creative, especially in times of crisis, because uh, we here at Wapaknaz believe there is opportunity in crisis. We don't like the crisis, but um, there's opportunity in crisis. And so uh, we figured, um, let's try this and see what happens. We'll we'll do the Sly podcast, uh, Salt, Light, and Yeast podcast um, every day, except for days that we don't. Um, and so this is to provide practical um, insight into scripture, living uh, li- life and living faith practically in our world, uh, and some, some hopefully some guttural laughter. You will enjoy the banter, the ridiculous humor, but also um, the deep theological concepts. So Yeah, because when, when it comes down to it, none of us have the market on figuring out God. God is, no. is too vast and beyond uh, any one person's understanding doesn't matter how much education you have, doesn't matter how much time you spent reading the Bible. Um, all that stuff's wonderful and great, but none of us have it all figured out. And so, um, there's time and time again, it's to your point, Stephen, where we've had conversation about these these uh, sermon series or these movements we've been trying to to move our people on um, to go on with God. Where's God taking us? Um, and and it's illumination in these times when we have this conversation. And so. Um, this is kind of a behind the curtain somewhat too uh, of some of the planning and preparation that we do, um, what we do every single week. Um, despite the things and circumstances going on in the world around us today, um, this is partly what we do every single week. We talk about um, what God is doing and what he's calling us to and where he's moving us. Um, so that's kind of our hope um, for this conversation um, moving forward um, today and, and however many times this comes to you. Um, we hope that it's encouraging <laughs> to you. Um, that it uplifts you, but that it's also kind of an insight into um, what it is we should be doing when it talks about how do we understand God and God in our life? How do we bring God to the places in our life um, that are so uh, secluded from uh, godly things, spiritual things? Um, we, we segment and separate them. So um, that's kind of the point of the focus. So, you know, um, we just want to invite you into this circle. So we're, we're just going to jump in. Um, Matthew, you and I... Uh, on on, on uh, last week at this time, I think it was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we, you and I were having discussions about um, we're not going to cancel service w- at all. Yeah. Um, even if the National Guard actually is, is out outside our doorstep, we're going to have service and we'll take them out bottles of water and 
Um, things have been so uh, changing so rapidly over the course of the last week and a half. Um, you and I and, and our board, uh, we, we sat in a meeting following our Sunday service that we did have in the sanctuary, um, low attendance, and um, we had about a two-hour meeting. Uh, and, and our conclusion on that meeting was uh, we're going to have to suspend all services and programs um, for the, at least the next two weeks um, and then reconvene here in, in, in the month of April at the front end of April and figure out what we're going to do. Um, I went through a, from, from that moment where I, I voted a reluctant yes, um, man, I, I actually was very discouraged. I, I went home and my wife, she asked me what happened and, and I just said, we're, we're suspended for the next two weeks. And I, I did not sleep well Monday night or Sunday night. And, uh, I was really discouraged on Monday. How, how, how did you, how did you feel? How did you take that? Well, you know, it, it's, it's a different perspective and a position for me, um, being that, you know, and this gets into the organizational structure a little bit, but yeah. like being that I'm, I'm in the second seat, you know, uh, the weight of that decision uh, for me was a little bit less heavy. But there is all this yeah. this stuff that, that I bring to that table and to that conversation in the way of like, here again, the theology aspect, what it is I understand about God and what I understand it is about uh, why we were created. I believe we're created for community yeah. um, and we're created to <clears> be together. And that's why... So much of what's going on in the world around us, um, and and what America is actually catching up to some of the things that the rest of the world have been dealing with already. Um, but what we're dealing with is this lack of community, um, this isolation where people are spending time alone in their homes. Yeah. Maybe some with family, but others completely alone who don't have family. Um, and so this pressure to say that if the church is not calling us to community, then who is? And are we abandoning our our sole purpose to be community people, to, to build people into the kingdom of God? Um, and so that was definitely a challenge um, in dealing with that that fallout. And so really where we've been the last week then, I guess, um, is, is trying to figure out how do we build community? How do we support community um, almost exclusive, exclusively digitally, um, yeah. which is... is almost anybody would say is not the best way to do community. Um, I, I get it. There's there's segments of people, you know, I grew up in the age of, of online gaming, Club Penguin, RuneScape, all kinds of things that... I don't know what those yeah, are. Yeah, Gen Xers don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> I have no but you millennials and you Gen Z, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and uh, and that's the world I lived in. And so yeah. I, 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 I appreciate the community that the internet can give at times. Um, but it doesn't replace the personal. Um, all the time. True. And so that's that tension. Um, and that's that piece of, of what we're trying to deal with moving forward through this time as, as regulations. Um, not a lot has changed in your, here in Ohio in the last few yeah. days um, as far as gatherings of people. Thankfully. Yeah. Um, but it might. Uh, and how do we adjust for that and adjust to move to the future? Um, and, and so for us, um, you know, I, we were walking through the parking lot yes, uh, a couple days ago and, and I just said, um, you know, we need to keep keep track of the things that we're we're doing um, in this time of crisis because we're we're learning a lot of things from um, how to adapt and how to um, 
evolve, and yes, I did say the word evolve. That's okay to say as a believer in Christ. Evolve means change and, and, and transform. But how do we evolve, and how do we bring uh, the the same truth, the same message, uh, with different method, uh, especially in ter- in times of of isolation? Um, and and you know, one thing that you mentioned yesterday is there, there's probably going to be a lot of youth pastors that on the back end of this that said, man, we had a lot of digital presence. Um, and we more so than on a Wednesday yeah, night more than or physical di- sometimes more than physical presence. So we're, we're just going to, we're going to stick with that. However, I think what, what we're seeing out of Italy, what we're seeing out of um, particularly European countries is that even in isolation, there is, an understanding that we are designed um, for connection, we're designed for relationship, and um, we we need to have that. We need to have interaction. Um, honestly, I don't think we're a safe social distancing distance between us. But it's not on video, so they they can't know. <laughs> uh, Governor Dewine, we we apologize, but uh, <clears throat> but. Um, when all is said and done, we're, we're still on the front end of this stuff. When all is said and done, what, what do you foresee um, being some of the shifts um, in, in, in culture um, and maybe even in the church uh, as a result of, of this crisis? Well, I, I mean, it's, it's very easy to say just on the surface level that we have as a society, and I'm not talking about anybody individually because we, we're all dealing with it differently individually, but as a society... Um, we have been gripped with fear yeah. on a magnitude that I haven't seen in my 30 years of life um, ever before. Um, like this kind of scale of magnitude of fear of being outside your home, um, I don't remember experiencing anything like this after 9-11. I remember the fear that set yeah. in after 9-11. Um, I remember a lot of the other things that came along with that, but never to this scale and magnitude. Um, so... I, I hope that this isn't the case, but I, I suspect that perhaps some of our society will be um, a little slow and reluctant mm-hmm. to leave their homes. As much as we want to get out and we're missing the public gatherings, we're missing the sporting events, we're missing all of these things, there might be some in uh, onset fear that, yeah. that we're still dealing with of being out there. And, yeah. and we're thinking about germs on a whole nother level. Um, and, and contracting and, and giving disease and, and infection, all this kind of stuff on a whole nother level. Yeah. Um, and it, it'll carry over beyond just the coronavirus. It'll carry over into, well, how are we transmitting flu to one another? How are we transmitting the common cold to one another? And all this stuff. And we're just constantly thinking about this at a bigger scale. Um, when it comes to the church, mm-hmm. uh, you kind of alluded to it a little bit. Um, I, I think that there is a level where the church can learn a lot of lessons about yeah. being more effective digitally. Mm-hmm. Um, we, Wapak can learn a lot of levels about lessons about being better digitally at engaging our folk. Yeah, and um, and if you're new, if you're new to Wapak if you don't know who we are, that, that's quite all right. We're we're small town, uh, rural smart t- small town, uh, Wapak Ohio. Uh, our church is pushes the 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 ticker to about. You know, 100, 120 on a really, really good day. Um, on a really low day, we're, we're probably looking at about 85 to 95. Um, our, our sanctuary is a little antiquated. Um, we have the nice burnt orange from it's 1979. 
Um, our equipment is is definitely antiquated as well. We've we've had a lot of technical difficulties over the last years, and that one of the thing, phrases that comes out of that is embrace the awkward. But so we're we're behind we're behind the eight ball digitally here here at our church, and so there is going to be adjustment. Keeping keeping up with the digital world is is difficult. I mean, it's True. it's fast paced, it's expensive, yeah, um, and, and it's constantly evolving and moving. As soon as you buy the new iPhone, it's already outdated, yeah, because the new the newer iPhone is coming out. So so there's there's been that that challenge that we're seeing, especially across generations. Um, you know, for myself being a millennial, growing up in that age of the real boom of, of phones and stuff like that. I remember my first cell phone, and I remember watching the whole expanse of the cell phones. As a teenager, I had a cell phone. Um, you Nokia. Being, uh, you being a Gen Xer, <laughs> you, you remember cell phones too, yes. but you experienced it from the adult end. Yes, it um, is. Not as from the teenager or from the kid end. And so there's a different different appreciation for that evolvement. Um, and, and there's we're dealing with other things going yeah. into this is what I'm trying yeah. to say. We're dealing with different ideas and fears and, and and wishes of yesteryear and the way things used to be because we always remember the past mm -hmm. uh, favorably, it seems. Uh, we remember yeah. the good stuff and, and forget some of the bad stuff. And so we talk about the church and adjusting to this. Um, there there are some lessons we'll learn. Um, grand scheme, not just us, but a grand scheme church will learn about engaging better digitally. Um, but what I fear and what I don't want to see is that we move away from our gathering together. Yeah. Um, God has called us to be a gathered people, um, a people that um, obviously in the grand scheme and at the end of time, God will gather all of us together. The believers will be gathered completely together. Um, but um, all throughout the Bible, we see stories of, of God's people being scattered around and him calling them and gathering them back together. Yeah. Um, so we're a people that are called to come back together, to join together. Yeah. Um, and so we, we don't want to lose that in in all of this remembrance and this this uh, appropriate response to social distancing and all these things that we're doing to, to stop the spread of this current virus, um, we don't want to lose that grand scheme perspective of what God's plan is for people, um, what He desires for people. So we're we're in the midst of, of learning a lot of lessons right now, and we're in the midst of uh, figuring this thing out. And back to back to Monday. <clears throat> um, Monday, I walked in the office. Uh, didn't have to check my temperature at that time, and still discouraged. Uh, I was responding to messages from other people that that had the same level of discouragement. Uh, I personally, I've been planning and working on um, our Easter extravaganza. Uh, for the last two, two and a half months, and I started to have to connect with community partners and let them know that that has been canceled. And, and I just, the, the weight of disappointment and discouragement was, was really heavy on my shoulders uh, on Monday. But then you and I, um, we, we, you and I sat down and we, we, we did, we, we prayed. Um, and then we started to figure out how are we going to, uh, how are we going to move forward in this? Um, because, you know, honestly, um, you know, I, I'd hear a lot to uh, um, a pastor out on the West Coast, Erwin McManus, and he said, "You can't, you can't um, move forward if you're you're holding on to the past. You, when you're, you got to grab a hold of the future. And so, how do we move forward in this? How do we step into this? And we've been in a series called Forging the Edge of Our Faith, honestly, Forging the Edge. So this is a time for our 
as a church and as individuals in the church uh, that make up the church to forge our edge, um, to sharpen them. And as we started to plan, as we started to really look at our folks, um, one, we wanted to equip our folks. Um, we, we want to multiply our effort because they're probably, there's still the potential of a complete quarantine. Mm -hmm. So if, if there's a complete quarantine, then, then how do our people get cared for? Um, and then, um, this idea of gathering, um, how do we gather in the midst of a social distancing issue? And so one of the things that keeps coming to mind is, is the parable of the talents and, and Matthew's version of that. Um, not my Matthew, not, the biblical Matthew. Not, not you, dude. <laughs> um, so, you know, the, the parable goes like this. In Matthew 25, I'm not going to read the whole scripture or, or, or that type of thing, but um, there's a man that goes on a journey and he, he calls his servants in. And he entrusts them his property. And uh, to one he gave five, to another he gave two talents, and, and another one talent. And, and talents is just a, a weight term, um, but he gave them talents of, of, of uh, um, money. And uh, then he left. And when they received talents, we, we have the one that received five talents and the one that received two talents. They immediately put those talents to work. Um, and the, the one that had one talent, he buried it, he put it in the ground. And so at, at, at a later point, there was an accounting, there was accounting of the responsibility that was in their hands. Um, and, uh, so after the long journey, and this is where we'll pick up verse 19, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled, uh, accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five, uh, master. He said, you entrusted me with five. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. That's something that you hear in the church all the time. I want to be that good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put uh, you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. And the same was said for the, the man with the second talent, or the two talents. Um, his master replied the same thing. But then he comes to the, the, the one um, who received the one talent. It says, then, verse 24, the man who received the one talent came, master, he said, I knew that you had, you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid. Sounds like us. I was afraid um, and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. Um, so you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that uh, when I returned, I would have received it back with, with interest. Um, and then he takes the talent from him and gives it to the one who had 10. And, and really embedded in this, this whole thing is, is we're entrusted with responsibility. Um, not only us as pastors, but us as believers in Christ. Whether we lead a church, whether we're um, a pew sitter in the church, uh, whether we're a singer or whether we clean toilets or whether we pick up trash, we are entrusted with responsibility and layered within this is you've got to take the risk. Yeah. I mean, it makes so, so much sense to be the third servant. Yeah. I mean, that makes the most sense because I've been entrusted with this and, and I can't dare lose this or, or my master will be furious with me. So I've yeah. been given this gift. So I'm going to hold on to it and I'm going to keep it and make sure it's safe and not let anything disrupt it. Yeah. But then the master responds in such a, a counterintuitive way 
to how we're thinking as we're going along. And he says, you're the wicked one because you held on so tight. You didn't risk it. You didn't trust in what I gave you to be something that can grow. You didn't trust in what was given to you to be something that could expand and become something greater and become something more. And I think that's where we fall short so often. I, I know I do personally in my own life. I, I, I fear the risk more than I see the possibility for what God could do. Yeah, I'm, my life has been totally adverse to risk uh, and, and because of fear. I, and I'll, I'll rightly admit that right up front. I, I am adverse to taking risk um, because, because of fear. Um, and actually, I've had pivotal moments in my life where I look back now in, in my age and I wish I would have stepped into them because of, um, I, I wish I, I knew, I wish I knew then what I know now. And I wish I would have stepped into some of those things. However, um, I know nothing's wasted in the kingdom of God. Uh, but risk does equal fear. There is fear in taking the risk and stepping out. But see, for the master, um, who would be equivalent to the Lord here in this in this parable, uh, the master assumes the risk. There's no guarantee that there's going to be a return. It, it's nice how it worked out for both of those servants. They, they got a 100% a, a return on their investment. Um, and... Uh, but they, they needed to take the risk. The, the risk was assumed. And when the master came back to all three servants, that risk was, was put on the table. You should have put that in, in the bank and gotten interest. And so for us today, um, we as a small church, uh, we, we believe that, that not only is Wapak Naz, you know, our people are our people, but so is our community. Uh, and that's really where this podcast is, is about. It's about salt being salt, light, and yeast in our community. Um, so... We are taking a few risks this this at this time. We're not sure how this is going to pan out. Um, stay tuned for that. Um, but you know, what what are some things? You know, we if if none of this would have happened in our country in our globe, we would have come in Monday and done business as usual. Oh yeah. I would have <laughs> I would have prepped for 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 life groups. I would have prepped for Wednesday night. I would have been behind my desk trying to type things up. Uh, I would have been doing a lot of administration stuff. I would have been preparing the bulletin. Um, I would have been doing a lot of these tasks. But um, we came in Monday, and we have been launched ever since in trying to, A, equip people, um, get people connected and equip them, and then figure out how we're going to care for them, not only um, practically for needs, not only our people here at Walpock Times, but our community, but also... Um, how, how are we going to connect uh, and, and gather within the confines and the standards of the state? Yeah, the because, because the gathering was assumed for us. Yeah. We, we've got a nice church building. Yeah. If people want to gather, they'll come here. Yeah. But, but see, <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is such a 1990s um, and before. Nobody, there are very few people looking for a church these days. Yeah what they're looking, what they need and what they want and what is needed in our community is for the church to step in to the gap and, and actually go out and connect and relate and love where people are um, and uh, n not condone where they are, but love where they are. And love has this, this, 
this amazing power that it does not leave us where we are. It moves us into the direction of who is love, and that's that's God. And so, um, just pick one of the things that we've been doing, and, and just kind of kind of talk to it. Yeah. So, like you said, we yeah. we came in Monday and said, how do we, you know, we're we're at that at Monday's point, we're saying, all right, some restrictions have already been in place. Yeah. We're seeing this progressing. Yeah. Um, this is likely going to come to an even stricter place, and and possibly because we we'd seen it globally already, uh, possibly a full quarantine where we're locked in our homes for a period of time. Which actually, for you, could potentially mean that you're called out because you're not National Guard. Correct. And so there's there's other layers of of yeah. that consideration there. And yeah. so we're saying, how Wife, do we kids. how do we connect our people so that um, particularly our most vulnerable. Yeah. Um, which is which is something that the kingdom of God and the Bible talks about very frequently, yeah. caring for the most vulnerable amongst you. Um, depending on what circumstance that is, that changes and the dynamic of that changes. But caring for the most vulnerable, um, but also caring for others, even those who are not uh, immunodeficient or, or elderly. Like in the midst of crisis, um, everybody matters. Yeah. In the midst of peace, everybody matters. Yes. Because um, that's God's mission and yeah. message to all of us. And so <clears throat> how do we do that effectively? And so uh, we began um, to look at our congregation, um, to look at the people that already come frequently to our church and our gathering, and we began to look at the map of our surrounding area. Yeah. And we yeah. said, where do these folk live? Yeah. And we began to pinpoint them. Yep. These these folk live on this street. This family lives here. This family lives there. Um, she lives over here. He lives here. And, we, and so we've got a, a map laid out of, of Wapakoneta and the surrounding area. Yeah, um, from Lima all the way down to Piqua. Uh, and so because we've got people who are, yeah. are from all of these places. And so we said, well, how do we connect them? And so we began to cut and segment um, the sections of the city, yeah. um, the sections of the surrounding area, and say these are our care and connection groups. Yeah. Um, this street to this street is is this list of families. Yeah. This street to this street is this list of families. And so now we've got this system in place where where we're tracking these folk are only two blocks away from these folk. Yeah. So when when so and so needs help or assistance, this family is is in prime spot to do yeah. that. And you 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 told me I think Tuesday morning when I came in the office that you, you dropped by one of one of our elderly couple's house. I mean he was he went to the hospital on, on Sunday night, which is a dangerous place to be. Yeah. And uh, he was released on Monday and you dropped by his house uh, on Monday night and he is in your zone. He he and his wife are in your zone. And um, now granted we're we're trying to equip our people. This this is what this is what this podcast is about. Um, Jesus said you were salt of the earth and he also said, you were light of the world. And he also said that the kingdom of God is like yeast um, put into the dough. And uh, we, we are to be salt, light, and yeast. And uh, yes, we put this system together. And I'm pretty sure that most of our folks probably hadn't even thought about, hey, man, these people are really, really close to where I live. But we are trying to equip our people um, to multiply the effort. To become efficient in care, uh, effective, uh, simplistic, um, because you you know as well as I do, uh, discipleship is is about multiplication. Uh, for Jesus, one plus one 
doesn't just equal two. Um, one plus one should continue to grow to four and eight and and sixteen, and it should multiply. Well, and I, mean, that, I mean, this is a weird a weird graphic to use in a time like this, but we've all seen the the graphics posted of how quickly the, the disease will spread if if we don't do the social I mean, distancing. Italy, Italy like doubled in a day, triples overnight. You know yeah. that kind of stuff, and and it's crazy, and, and we're seeing that, and that's why we're pulling back. Yeah. But the kingdom of God is calling us to do the same thing for people's lives spiritually, yeah. to multiply exponentially. Uh, and we see that in the Acts uh, church, that they grew by the hundreds overnight. And this is literally almost like a, an Acts chapter 7 and 8. You know, we Acts chapter 7, if, if you're not familiar, there were some issues about the, 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 uh, the widows not getting fed. And uh, so the leadership came together and said, hey, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to focus our effort on word and prayer. This is what we're going to do. We're going to equip you and we're going to send you out to do and make sure people get, get food and get taken care of. And then Acts chapter eight is, is following the stoning of Stephen and, and, and uh, massive persecution happens in the Jerusalem church. And what happens is um, they're scattering outside of, outside of Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria. And um, I mean, Acts chapter one is, is, Jesus said, you will be my witnesses in, in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And immediately, within within just at least 10 years, I believe, the, the early church began to scatter. Um, and they had to adapt. Um, and so, you're, yeah, absolutely. I think I got lost track on that, but that's all right. <laughs> no, I mean, that's that's exactly it. I mean, we're, we're called to be people who reach other people yeah. for yeah. the kingdom of God. And, and, that's where and, and, and that's, and that's where all of this... <laughs> For me, rests. I mean, we we don't know what society is going to look like next week. No, uh, we don't. Uh, we don't know what what our nation's going to look like. There's a lot of stuff going on, and and quite frankly, um, our leaders, um, all of our elected officials, in in almost every single office of elected officials, from um, treasurers to governors to mayors <laughs> to the president to secretaries of state, all this stuff, all these positions. Um, senators, congressmen, doesn't matter what side of the aisle they're on, doesn't matter if they're Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians, Green Party, whatever, um, they're all feeling this pressure yeah. um, to lead the people and help help stabilize society. But at the end of the day, where this all comes down to for me is that the kingdom of God has not changed. No. And God our, has not changed. Our, our society has changed. Our yes. lives have changed. And we'll be dealing with, as we started off at the beginning of this this talk, we'll be dealing with some of the impacts of that change yeah. for the rest of our lives, probably. But God hasn't changed. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so when we lean into the promises of God and we trust in the truth of God and in his steadfastness in the midst of uncertainty, we see that all we can do is continue to lean on him yeah. and trust in him. Yeah. Um, and by virtue of that, we're doing a lot more than we think we're doing. Yeah. By virtue of that, we're doing what we just talked about in Acts. Yes. By virtue of trusting in God and the kingdom work that he has, he has called us all to, we are transforming and redeeming the world that is broken, lost, and hurting. Because quite frankly, in the, in the, in the beginning of creation, we weren't meant to deal with all of this stuff that we deal with. We weren't meant to deal with disease and sickness and suffering. 
We weren't meant to deal with all the other issues we're dealing with in society before this that we're not thinking about now. We weren't meant to deal with school shootings. We weren't meant to deal with with uh, drug abuse. We weren't meant to deal with with domestic violence. We weren't meant to deal with any of this stuff. That, that was not the original plan. That wasn't the plan. No. Um, and so we have this story that, that as believers we know and we have hope because God has said that we're going to come back to a place where that is the case, where there is none of this stuff, where life is in a perfect state, yeah. where people live in harmony with one another, and there's <clears> not a this or that. It's it's all us because we are all in God's kingdom, um, and God has, has called us to that in redeeming and restoring the world. And so uh, in the midst of the uncertainty and in the midst of the pain and, and this, the questions, we know not what tomorrow will look like, but we can know what the end will look like and, and what eternity will look like. Not in every picture and in every detail, but we know that it's it's in perfect harmony because we're in the will of God. Mm -hmm. um, and that's where I'm putting my rest and my faith and my hope in the midst of, I don't know what tomorrow looks like. Yeah, but it, even, even so, that doesn't mean we sit on our laurels and we don't do anything. Right. Um, the, the church has been commissioned to go on mission and history shows itself shows that the church was the one that stepped into the gap um, a lot of us are dependent a lot of us are, are trying to depend on the government um, uh, to resolve a lot of our our financial and domestic type of issues um, but quite frankly the church has been proven over and over again to be the ones that steps in the gap um, up until the 20th century, yeah. where it felt like the, the church was was um, putting the world at the end of their finger and trying to judge people to Jesus. Uh, but now, uh, hopefully the pendulum is shifting and swinging to the other side where, where our, the church is open arms here and really stepping in and taking, taking the risk, um, whether you know, there's that invisible um, enemy, as Trump would call it, uh, whether we succumb to the invisible enemy or, um, you know, we, uh, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going here, but I feel like we need to, we need to step in, in this moment for our neighbors, uh, for our people and our neighbors. And, and I think this is where equipping our people Back to back to our concept here of, of just zoning our, our folks so that not only can they care for one another, but they can also be mindful that they, they have people next door to them um, that that they need to care for, that they need to knock on doors, that they need to call. Um, and so, you know, my heart was broken that we couldn't gather. But the other thing that we're trying to do, and, and we'll kind of start to, to, to move in a direction of, of wrapping this up, but we're, we're trying to, there are a lot of churches now that I just was on, you and I have been on the phone with, with two pastors, um, one in, one in Kenton and one down south near Cincinnati, um, that are really trying to figure out how to gather, gather our people. Because in the world of fear, uh, anxiety, um, discontent, struggle, strife, uh, the church needs to come together, sharpen one another, right? Uh, <clears throat> But we have been on the phone with pastors that are really trying to figure this out. There's a few pastors that are um, that we talk to that are trying to do drive-in services so that at least we have a good social distance. 
Yeah, I was six people feet. stay in their cars, <laughs> but but the the yeah. message is transmitted to them through yeah. their radio, and they can hear it, and they can they can be together in their cars, um, if not in person in a sanctuary somewhere. So what we we've done, um, we, we were planning on Monday, and and this has kind of really evolved over the last couple of days. Um, we're going to have a drive-through service on this Sunday. We've partnered with a uh, with a uh, the Wapak Athletic Club. Um, I, I'm a member there. They're great people. Jeff and Rebecca are awesome people. Um, and uh, they, they they said our parking lot's empty. It's not being used. You can do whatever. <laughs> but one of the things was that we we really wanted to get people to connect, but we didn't want them necessarily just come on our our property because there are a lot of churches in our community. There's I don't know of anybody meeting um, in our community right now. Uh, I'm sure that'll probably change uh, over the next couple weeks. But we wanted to really try to partner with somebody in the public, public eye, uh, come off our property and open this up to whomever will come out. So we're going to do a drive-through uh, service where we're, we're just going to um, ask for, you know, what can we pray for you for? We'll pray for you for that right now. We want to bless you. Uh, I know that we have got some coupons on my desk that were for our Easter extravaganza event. So, I, you know, as many as I can pass out to families that have kids that can go get ice cream cones at McDonald's or wherever in our community that I have. And uh, we just want to bless our community. And, and right now we're, we're also trying to take a risk. I, I took a risk about two hours ago and I purchased an FM transmitter so that we could have a drive in service in two weeks. But I got an email right back. Uh, didn't realize it, but uh, I purchased this transmitter for like 250 bucks. And uh, after that, uh, I was in your office and we prayed. We prayed. We just like, go, Lord, go ahead of us on this. And uh, um, you know, we, we wanted to be that that servant uh, that had 10 talents or five talents and just take that risk. And bought that transmitter. And uh, after talking to my buddy, I realized, oh man. They don't have any transmitters left because there are churches that are trying to step into the gap here. So now it's like, what do we do? Yeah. How do we figure this out? What 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 are we gonna do? And I don't I don't know the answer. Nope. I, I have no idea the answer, but I can tell you, um, I serve a God who is the answer, um, and He knows what's best. Uh, we love our community, and we hope, we really hope that. Uh, not only the people of Wapak Naz, but the people of the kingdom of God who are disciples, who are, who are disciples of Jesus. Not merely um, puts a name tag on their chest, says, I, I believe in Jesus, but who are disciples of Jesus, step in the gap for our in our communities, um, in the lives of people. Um, any last last thoughts that you got on your mind here? I, I mean, it, it just... Neither one of us were prepared for this. No. And any, by any means. Uh, and, and I don't know any pastor across the nation who felt like they were prepared for this. No. Um, and that goes beyond pastors, too. That's all the other fields of, of work and stuff like that. I know a lot of people are scrambling, um, healthcare workers and yes. first responders and all that and stuff. we've got several of those in our congregation. We do. And, 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 and so we, we realize the community effort and the support that's going into it. Um, none of us were prepared for it. It no. caught us all off guard. Uh, we didn't see it coming. But God is not caught off guard. No. God is not surprised. And I, I also remember um, the story of Esther, um, where Esther gets this message to her. And it says, good. maybe it's for such a time as this that you've been placed here. Yeah. 
maybe you have gained your your position and your your place of of influence whatever that is for this time for this purpose wait a minute wait a minute back the truck up for a second so i'm thinking i'm thinking our factory workers yeah um who are throwing tires who are keeping people safe who are pushing buttons I think of our police officers that are part of this congregation. <clears throat> I think of uh, our healthcare workers. Uh, I think of those that that are sit, sit in their jobs that they hate. Um, what you're telling me through the story of, of Esther is maybe you, in this position that you hold, wherever it may be, you have this position for such a time as this. Often we think that our jobs are to provide us meaning. Yeah. And there's a lot of people. Um, I stood in in one of our local salons the day that they heard that their salon was being being shut down because of the state. And my wife said that they were in tears. And I just wanted to go in and just say, you know, I love you guys. I, you know, my heart was broken for them. Um, they're out of a job. Um, and this probably could be a whole nother discussion yeah. about identity in, in our jobs. Yeah. But the fact is from that text, from that scripture, from that, that moment for Esther, maybe you were in this for such a time as this. Honestly, for our jobs, the job isn't our meaning. We're to put meaning into our work. Yeah, whatever it is. Whatever it is. And so you're right. Like, you are where you are on purpose and very intentionally put there. to be. You're strategically placed to have have influence and to bring the message and hope to be the light in the darkness. And right now is such, such a dark time. And we need people who just are launched and say, you know what? I may hate this position that I'm in. I have a job, praise the Lord, but I'm going to, I am going to put meaning into my job, whether I'm pushing a button or throwing a tire or whatever it may be, I'm going to pump this full of meaning because I'm going to work as if I'm working for the Lord and I'm going to be light in my community and in those people's lives. You're right. I, I cut you off. I'm, no, you're, you're right on. I mean, that's, that's the idea. Uh, yeah. And we see the same, the same thing comes up in the New Testament. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, yep. do it all for the glory of God. Yeah. Um, do it all for the glory of God. And so I, I, I think maybe, um, unless you, you're having another thought, that's probably getting to be about where we leave this. Yeah. Um, that that you, wherever you are, you're listening to this, uh, you might be here in Wapakoneta, you might know us personally, you might not know us. Um, or you might have fast-forwarded through all this stuff. <laughs> and you might just be listening to this part. Um, or you might have stopped a long time ago, and in which case, it doesn't matter what that's I say right. at this point. Um, but wherever you are, whoever you are, whatever yeah. you're doing, whatever uh, you're not doing, because uh, your job might have closed its doors for the time being. Yeah. Um, what are you doing? And how are you using this time mm -hmm. to draw yourself and draw others to God? Um, whether you're at home tending to family members, or you're at work tending to sick people, or you're doing some other kind of job, whatever that looks like. Yeah. Where are you? How are you drawing to God? Hopefully this has encouraged you to draw to God in some way. Um, and how are you drawing others? And loving others. And caring for others. And being the literal hands and feet yep. of Jesus. Meeting the needs of people. Um, and caring for others. 
and so I'll, I'll wrap it up with this uh, on the verge of, of <clears throat> stepping into um, Joshua immediately following the death of Moses. His, he, he was Joshua at the right hand of Moses um, dealing with grief, uh, the whole nation of Israel dealing with grief, uh, the loss of their leader. Joshua now is the one that steps in the gap as leader. And uh, he is to take his people into the promised land that God promised even to Abraham centuries and centuries before. And he's on the verge of, of a mighty, mighty battle that's going to take a long time. And this, he, of all people, he's probably the most courageous in Scripture, aside from David, right? Um, but the Lord had to remind him and, and over and over. Joshua chapter 1, verse 6, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people into to, to inherit the land I swore to your forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. And then he, verse 9, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. The, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And even at the end when he's addressing his people, they tell him, only be strong and courageous. The Lord will be with you as Moses as he was with Moses. And so uh, as we step into this, we want to encourage you to take the risk, whatever it may be, um, the, a calculated, calculated risk. Be safe, uh, be smart, be wise, but take the risk. Um, be sly, be salt, light, and yeast, and be very strong and courageous. Uh, again, this is the, the Sly Podcast coming straight from uh, the corner of Court and Benton right here in Wapakoneta at Wapakonez. Uh, this is Stephen. This is Matthew. And uh, we do this podcast every day, except for the days we don't. Uh, I, I stole that line. Um, I give I give payment to Mosaic on that one, uh, the <laughs> Battle Ready podcast. But uh, we do this uh, every day, except for the days we don't. And we hope to to uh, be with you again. We love you. We appreciate you. And uh, and and quite frankly, um, we say it every every sermon. I don't I was, know if I'm cutting you off. Yeah, I was going to go there. Yeah. Would you love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength? And please love your neighbor as yourself. Peace out.